looking forward to inviting you to ready yourself to hear God's word today. You might remember we've been talking about the kingdom of God breaking through. Does anybody remember that? Where has God been breaking through in his kingdom in the last few weeks? What have we been talking about? Who can remember? At work. Very good. Well done. Family. That's right. Yes. Where else? Reconciliation. Yes, absolutely. Great. Well, today we're talking about the kingdom of God breaking through in the church. So kingdom practices in the church. And who better to invite to speak about such things but David Ratton. David Ratton has been a senior pastor in Churches of Christ for all his life. Is that right? All my life. (laughs) Something like that. Um, An incredible, you know, under God's leadership, built an incredible church in Blackburn, uh, which you might have heard of, called One Community. And I've done some incredible work in helping establish God's kingdom in that neighbourhood And uh, now David is working at Churches of Christ, Victoria, Tasmania. Um, But we're really excited to hear you speak this morning. And not just that, but we're really excited to hear what God has to say to us. And so I'm just going to pray. I want to pray for you. Come on up and I'll pray for you. And then I'm going to leave you in David's capable hands. Father God, how good it is to worship you, to remember that it is your kingdom that is being established on earth through the people of God the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and the work of God through redemption and reconciliation. And God, we've celebrated these things this morning, and we've readied ourselves to hear your word, to learn from you, to listen to your whispers and your nudges and your transforming spirit. And so just in this time, we offer ourselves to you and us, have your way, God. And we ask for a special blessing and a fresh anointing on David as he brings your word to us this morning. We pray that you would encourage and strengthen him as he encourages and strengthens us. And Father, we just really pray um, that he will sense and know that you are with him in this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All the best. Thanks, Becky. And it's really great to be here. It's um, a church I've heard a lot about over the years and only in the last couple of months really got to know uh, Becky and the team and uh, a little bit about what you're doing. Uh, as Becky said, I've, I work with Churches of Christ now, so every Sunday over the last 12 months I've been able to visit all sorts of churches around uh, Victoria and Tasmania. And uh, you probably don't need to be told that to have uh, young families, children, life and vitality in a church is not necessarily normal. And um, you know, I just thank God for a church uh, that really is open to seeing young families engaged in a very positive way. Uh, where children are, are really um, celebrated and where there's life and vitality. And, and you're doing it in some creative ways too because uh, last Sunday I spoke at the other service, a little bit different to this one, <laughs> a little bit different. And, and, and you know, the fact that you're, you, you know, you're wrestling with what does it mean to do church across uh, ages and stages is a really positive thing. So God bless you. Uh, you've, got, you've got a great leader in Becky. You've got a great ministry team. And um, don't take it for granted because, uh, as I said, I've seen a lot of churches where they would love to have one child, let alone a whole bunch of them. And isn't it nice when they get to go out too? You know, there's, there's, some, there's some positive in, in that as well. I, I, um, you know, when, you, when you're a guest speaker at a church, you're never really sure you know, what, what makes these people tick. And I, I heard a story about a young preacher, he just qualified, he was really nervous, he was a guest speaker 
at a church and he was just about to get up to preach and he was really nervous and, and, and he got an inspiration. There was a broken window on the side of the chapel and stretched across the broken window was this piece of plastic to keep the weather out and, and um, when he got up to preach, he, 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 he said, look, you know, I'm, I'm a visiting speaker, I don't really know you well and I'm not sure that I can sort of open up the word of God as clearly as your pastor can. I'm a little bit like that piece of plastic stretched across the window. And unlike your pastor, I may not be able to let the light of Jesus in quite as clearly as, as she can, but, but uh, nevertheless, I hope that through my words, you, you'll see something of, of God's light. Well, he preached his heart out. And at the end of the service, a woman came up to him and said, Preacher, you're not a piece of plastic. You're a real pain. <laughs> and and I, I sort of hope that today I can be a real pain for you. I love the theme that you've been looking at over recent weeks, the kingdom of God breaking through. You know, you can't read the Gospels without uh, concluding that the kingdom of God was at the very heart of everything Jesus said and did. Jesus spoke about the kingdom of God all the time. And he talked about the fact that it was coming and he talked about the fact that he was introducing it. He was bringing the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God here on earth. And so when you remember, he, he taught his disciples how to pray. How did it go? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And everything Jesus did revolved around the coming kingdom, the kingdom of God that he was introducing. And, and we get this understanding as we read the Gospels that the kingdom is wherever God reigns. And I don't know about you, but I say bring it on. <laughs> Just bring it on. If ever our world needed God's kingdom, it's today. But here's the thing. Jesus invites you and me uh, in, into uh, declaring the kingdom, into partnership with himself. Uh, when, when you choose to follow Jesus, you choose to enter into a, a partnership with Jesus in declaring the kingdom, in representing the kingdom. And that can be wherever you are, in, in your workplace, at school, uh, in the home, in the neighbourhood, wherever you are, uh, you and I are invited as followers of Jesus to represent with him the kingdom of God. I first heard a poem years ago that speaks about our responsibility in this area of representing the kingdom, representing Jesus in our world. Um, it's an old poem, some of you may have heard it, by Annie Johnston Flint. And I'll read part of it. Christ has no hands but our hands to do his work today. He has no feet but our feet to lead men in the way. He has no tongue but our tongue to tell them how he died. He has no help but our help to bring them to his side. We are the only Bible the careless world will read. We are the sinner's gospel. We are the scoffer's creed. It's a beautiful, um, old-fashioned, but I like it, reminder that we are invited by Jesus into this privileged position of helping the kingdom to break in, uh, into our world. And um, we can do that because that's what we are invited to do. Well, today, uh, as Becky said, I'm, I'm talking about um, what it means for the church to be part of this kingdom breaking into the world um, push of Jesus. 
And, and you, you, you would probably say to me, well, David, it's obvious, isn't it? I mean, the church is the body of Christ, so it stands to reason that we will represent the kingdom of God in the world. However, sadly, sometimes churches uh, don't do, all, uh, do that all, all that well, to be quite frank. And if you look through the history of the Christian church, it hasn't always represented well Jesus in our world. And, and I could argue that today... Um, to one extent or another, we don't do as well as we should. And I guess that's why I've, I've been invited to preach today about what does it mean for the church to represent the kingdom well. Sadly, sometimes in church, we spend all our time um, just making sure that the church uh, stays, stays open. Yeah, don't bring that one up quite yet. <laughs> don't bring that up quite yet. Sometimes, sometimes we spend all our time keeping the church open, uh, running programs, uh, doing uh, all sorts of good things, but we can easily forget about what our real purpose is. So Mark Twain said, and here we'll have this quote by him, the church is a place where a nice, respectable person stands in front of other nice, respectable people and urges them to be nicer and more respectable. And we can be very good at that sometimes in the church. And, and miss the whole point of what the church is here for, and, and that is to reach out beyond ourselves uh, with the message of the kingdom of God into a world that desperately needs the light of Jesus. And so uh, I, I want to bring a Bible reading to you today from the book of Ephesians that gives us an insight into part of what it means to be, as the church, representatives of the kingdom in our world. Um, and and it, it helps us to understand a little bit of what it meant when Jesus said, I will build my church. Remember he said that? The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Um, this reading gives us a bit of an insight into what it means to partner with Jesus in seeing his church built. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 7. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ appointed it. Now, this is a beautiful picture of the church as the body of Christ. What does it say? There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. And I love this picture of the the church as the body of Jesus. Um, There's this sense, this understanding that somehow we are better together. Okay, think about that phrase for a minute. We're better together. We are. Now, the father of general systems theory, and this is right down my alley, this sort of, uh, this sort of language, but a guy by the name of Ludwig von Bertalanffy, you've all heard of him, haven't you? <laughs> Put forward this idea, the whole is more than the sum of its parts. Okay? The whole is more than the sum of its parts. He argued that in any system, something new is created when you bring the individual parts together. And that 
that, that what is created is greater than the sum of the parts. Now, he didn't realise it, but he was actually describing the church. He was out, actually outlining a spiritual principle. It's the way God has actually set up this world so that you bring you know, the parts together and something greater than the sum of the parts is created. It's the church. The fact is that individually, you, you and I might not add up to very much at all. But together, we're awesome. Together we are. We are the body of Christ. We are Jesus in this world. It's the most amazing thought. Uh, we are better together. And in verse um, 7 from, from that reading, Paul says, But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Now, what's, what's he talking about, this grace that each one of us has received from Jesus himself? Well, he's actually talking about spiritual gifts. And we know this because he goes on in verse 11 to say, So, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, of course, Paul here is talking about leaders, leaders in the church. Um, God gives some to be leaders. He gives some to be leaders. Now, in the context of your church, it's talking about Becky and the ministry team. It's talking about your elders. It's talking about your ministry leaders. There's a specific gifting, and in a local church context, people are appointed because of their gifts into, into leadership roles. But Paul says in verse 12... Uh, or he gives us the reason for why leaders are here. What does it say? To equip his people for works of service. So Paul is suggesting here that the primary responsibility of leaders in the church is not to do the ministry. It's to equip others to do the ministry. It's to equip the saints, as some translations say. It's to empower the members of the church to be active in service and to be active in ministry. Uh, we so often get this wrong. We think that the ministers are the ones who do the ministry. I mean, that's what we pay them for, isn't it? Well, the fact is, Paul's saying, no, you don't pay them for that. You pay them to equip the saints. So, have a listen to this. The results of a computerised survey indicate that the perfect minister preaches exactly 15 minutes. He condemns sin but never upsets anyone. He works from 8am until midnight and is also a handyman. He makes $500 a week uh, and wears good clothes, buys good books, drives a good car and gives about $200 a week to the poor. He is 34 years of age and has preached for 30 years. <laughs> he has a burning desire to work with teenagers and spends most of his time with seniors. The perfect minister smiles all the time with a straight face because he has a sense of humour that keeps him seriously dedicated uh, to his work. He makes 15 calls daily on church families, shut-ins and the hospitalised. He spends all his time evangelising the unchurched and is always in his office when needed. If your minister does not measure up, simply send this letter to six other churches that are tired of their ministers too. Then bundle up your minister and send him to the church at the top of the list. 
In three weeks, you will receive 1,643 ministers. One of them will be perfect. (laughs) Have faith in this letter. One church (laughs) broke the chain and got its old minister back in less than three months. (laughs) So, seriously, congregation, Baronia Church of Christ, you need to expect, pray for, expect your ministers, your leaders to have as their primary role equipping you to serve because that's the picture of the church we see in the New Testament. It's the picture of the church that Jesus saw when he said, I will build my church and it's the key to becoming the kingdom representatives as, a, as the body of Christ in this place and in this community. So why should we expect um, this from our, from our leaders? Listen to what Paul says in, in verse 12 and 13. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So, th- so the outcome of people discovering their, their place in the church, their gifting, their ministry, their, their service, is, is that the body of Christ is unified and, and then it becomes mature. Now, what does a mature body of Christ look like? Looks like Jesus. Looks like Jesus. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? The body of Christ. Everyone playing their part and therefore Jesus is able to be represented in the world. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We become part of the answer to the prayer, your kingdom come. So again, um, th- this, this is, this is the, the mystery, if you like, and, and the, the thing that so often as churches w- we miss. And by the way, sometimes as leaders we miss too, because sometimes as ministers we, we, we sort of like to do all the work. I mean, you know, I, I used to say to my congregation, I'm paid to be good, you're good for nothing, you know, and, and that's that's sort of one definition of, of uh, the church. But, you know, ministers sometimes, sometimes can get it all wrong also. So here is, um, here's the thing. Significant responsibility for leaders. And if you're a leader today, I, I, I do challenge you to think about what it means to give away the ministry, to equip the people of God. But there's a responsibility on each of us as members of this church. What does it mean for me? to be committed to serving God in this place, to being part of the body of Christ, to allowing my gifts to be utilised for the mission and ministry of this church. You know, it's, it's more than just um, you know, sharing it equally. It's about gifting. It's about, you know, how has God gifted me? How has he gifted you? Remember, we are better together. The sum of the parts, greater then, then uh, you know, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. I heard a description of a football game that goes like this. I like this. At a football game, there are 36 players desperately in need of a rest, being watched by thousands of people desperately in need of exercise. Isn't it true? And sometimes the church can look like that, seriously. You know, 20% of the people doing 80% of the work uh, shouldn't be like that. Uh, if we all play a part, then, then we share the load 
And, and, you know, sometimes in the church it's a bit like a footy game. You know, you cheer when things are going well. Good on your leaders. Good on your ministry team. And when things go badly, what do you do? Boo, boo, boo. You know, there's a few analogies there. No, we're, we're in this together. You know, we are the body of Christ. We need to work together to see, to see God's kingdom come. So, you know, uh, gifting is, is the important principle here. You know, as a ministry leader, I'm, I'm good at some things and I'm really poor at other things. And I've learned over the years that when I am weak, you are strong. And when, when you are weak, I am strong. And we need to learn, we need to learn that, again, it's not, not it's all just, you know, carrying the load. It's, it's actually doing the things that we're gifted uh, to do. There are some things I can't do. I'm not very good with my hands. I'm not very handy. I mean, even look at that, hammering. <laughs> I, I, I've learned over the years, I, I cannot hammer a, a nail into a piece of wood without that nail bending. I mean, how do they do that? How do they do that? I found this, this poster uh, a little while ago. When you earnestly believe you can compensate for lack of skill by doubling your efforts, there is no end to what you can't do. <laughs> Seriously. You know, that's, that's a minister trying to hammer a piece of wood. A few years ago, few years ago um, I noticed out the back of our house, one of our gutters was, was rusted and was, the water was just running straight through the rusted gutter and it was one of those times in my life where I thought I can do this I can actually fix this and the next Sunday at church Rod, Rod was there Rod was a plumber and and I went up to Rod after after the service having a cup of coffee I said Rod Rod I got this rusted gutter um, I just need uh, you to give me a bit of advice I got a, I got the ladder um, I think I get up I clip off those those clip things I'm just not sure how you get that what do they call it the fall right you know and 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 as I'm talking to him, he's just shaking his head. And I'll never forget his words. He said, David, uh, you do the preaching, I'll do the plumbing. And, and he came around the next day and he fixed it in no time. But, but, you know, it taught me a lesson. You know, I'm not a plumber. I can't hammer a piece of, uh, a nail into a piece of wood. Uh, I can preach, I can do some other things. Uh, and this is where, when I'm weak, you're strong. When, when you're weak, I am strong. It's a beautiful picture of the church. Remember, we're better together. We are better together. For the body of Christ to be effective, everyone needs to play their part. And when everyone plays their part, the kingdom of God breaks through. Because we're mature, we're unified, and we can represent Jesus really clearly in our world. You, you have a great church, by the way. It's an amazing future. You have a, an amazing future. Um, you've got a leadership team with vision and passion. Uh, you, you've got a lot of things already going on which uh, should excite you. Uh, be proud of it. Uh, but, but can I suggest to you the best is yet to come? Uh, there's so much more to do. And, and that so much more is going to happen when everyone is willing to play their part. And don't believe for a minute. Now, this is one of those sermons, I think, when you can often uh, sort of say to yourself, he's actually talking to that person over there uh, because he doesn't know me. Um, Don't believe for a minute there there isn't a role for you to play, that there's something that God has for you to do that no one else in this church can do. I want to tell you a story about Alice. And I've got a photo of Alice here. 
Uh, Alice Ewans was the most amazing Christian lady. This, this was taking her to her 100th birthday party, okay, 100 years of age. Alice died a few years ago. She was 104. When she was 100, she was still living in her own home uh, and, and she, she'd been an incredibly active Christian woman all her life. She'd, she'd led things. She'd, um, she, she was a doer and she was such a positive, positive person. But as she got older, uh, into her late 90s, she, she would often say to me, David, I love what our church is doing. I'm so sorry I can't do anything to help. And I used to say to Alice, Alice, you told me once you pray for me every day. She said, well, I would do that. I said, Alice, do you realise? Do you realise the gift you give me every day when you pray? And Alice, you, you actually told me you pray for this church every day. Oh, I pray for it every day. Alice, Alice. That's the grace. That's the gift. That's what God has for you to do. He knows your physical limitations, but he's given you this amazing gift. You know, I, I often, I, seriously, I, I've often wondered over the years how much of what we achieved at, at Blackburn uh, was because of the prayers of this woman. Seriously? And you might look at that photo and say, well, you, you're making an assumption that, that that's probably her grandson and great-grandson. Well, it's not. Um, little Nathan was born with Down syndrome, just a young family in our church. And from the day he was born, Alice took a personal interest in this family and in that little boy. Uh, every Sunday at church, she grabbed him <coughs> in her arms and loved him. And do you think that was special in the lives of that family? Man, man. 100 years of age and actively serving in the body of Christ. Don't believe for a moment that you're too old or too young or not experienced or incapable or that one day you will but you can't today because you're too busy or you don't have enough money or whatever it is, whatever it is that you would be tempted to think, at this point I haven't got anything to offer. Don't believe it for a minute. You're here for a reason. God has a purpose for your life. You're discovering that as a follower of Jesus and he has a purpose for you in the life of this church. And together, as you take seriously your ministry, uh, as you do what Alice and, and, and all the others in the life of a church can do, as, as you play your part, you just watch as the kingdom of God comes, uh, not only in this place but in, in the community you serve. Uh, God bless you as you become and continue to be that sort of church. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your goodness in our lives. I thank you for the wonderful truth of uh, the, the message from, from this passage of Scripture that we, we as the church are the body of Jesus. Uh, Father, we don't even pretend to understand all that that means, but we accept it. We acknowledge, uh, Lord, that you have gifted each one of us to play a part in, in this local church community. Father, I thank you for the leaders of this church, for their vision, for their passion, uh, for their leadership. Lord, uh, I pray that we would cheer them on. Uh, and Lord, for each member of this church, I thank you. And I pray that you'd help them to know, even today, that you have a, a place for them in this church, that you have a role for them to play, that they are indispensable to the body of Christ functioning effectively in this place. Lord, bless the Baronia Church of Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Thanks, Peggy.
I hope you're feeling encouraged and inspired. I want to just um, remind you, as is our new custom, that if you want some prayer at the end of church, we're really happy. Grab hold of one of us to pray for you. We'd love to be in prayer. Remember Martina and Jackie, our elders that are here, um, or grab a friend to pray for you or myself. We're really happy to do that. Um, We're going to put the song um, Build Your Kingdom on, but you're very welcome to go. I'm going to bless you as you do. Are you ready? Are you blessed already? You know you are. But let's live in it. Stand and we'll, uh, let me commission you. May the Lord bless you and me and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And you're going out and you're coming in, in your labour, your leisure, your laughter and your tears. May you remember that you are a small part of a great whole And that when you work together under the coordination of the Holy Spirit, you are making a Jesus difference in this earth. So may you be filled with his spirit. Carry him with you as you go and share him as you do. In Jesus' name. Amen. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord.